Robot voice due to losing the ability to speak properly after multiple strokes. I didn't want to also lose what I love and that is sharing stories. Please like and share. Serious, Reddit, what's your scariest, most disturbing true story? Not nearly as serious, but a little creepy, my neighbor is an old lady. She comes outside everyone once in a while to chat with passerbys and garden. The first conversation she had with my dad, she complimented the painting he is hanging in his bedroom. No big deal, she probably saw us moving it in, or glimpsed it at some point before we got curtains. But then she meets our dog and says well, he's much scarier through the window, isn't he? Again, NBD, we know he has a habit of pushing aside blinds to stare outside. She comments on things like this often, asking us why we didn't walk our dog that morning or when we got a new sofa, but she's just an old lady, right? She's probably bored and outside a lot. Then she meets me. She swears she's already met me, but I had never seen her before in my life. She asks me how I like my room and tells me about the girls who had it before me. Weird, but okay. She rubbed me the wrong way but I don't really mind she's fairly easy to avoid. Or so I thought. As I was taking the dog outside, I happened to glance over and see her staring at me through the window. She lowers the blinds when she sees that I saw her, but is peeking through them watching me. Later, I go to the kitchen and see her again watching me very intently through the window, our blinds were slightly open to let light in. Then upstairs in my parents' room, there's a window in their bathroom, I see her again as I'm replacing the towels, watching. The more I looked for her, the more I saw, she was watching basically all the time. Not only from her window she sits in her car and watches us from the street. She sits on her porch and watches. She slowly walks down the street and watches us literally all hours of the day. And she does it to her other neighbors, and she did it to the people who had our house before us everyone knew to keep your blinds and curtains shut at all times, otherwise you can guarantee she watches you. It freaked me the hell out. Recently a friend and I were swapping our favorite horror movies. We were childhood friends that grew up in the same Detroit suburb. I was thinking about an incident that had happened when I was in second or third grade, 30 years ago, and she says out of the blue I don't know if you remember this but the police started patrolling our neighborhood when we were in second or third grade because when I was walking home from school two men in a blue pickup truck rolled down the window next to me and said hey girl you need a ride home and one tried to grab me. I took a running tearing through yards and I told my mom who called the cops and walked with me to the bus stop after that. I confessed that I was thinking about a time when my cousin Sean, recently passed away so he's been on my mind, also he was really smart, much smarter than I, and I were wandering around the neighborhood like kids did in the 80s. This blue pickup truck pulled up to us and one of the two guys asked us to hop in for a ride Sean said no thanks and instructed me to sneak into a neighbor's back porch, luckily unlocked, and stay down. I whispered I was afraid we would get in trouble for not asking the neighbor for permission, not the brightest kid I would rather die than break the rules I guess, and Sean goes stay here and hide. Act like we went inside because we live here. One of the two guys got out of the truck and went into the yard to look for us. We laid low. About 15 minutes later he left. I look back on it now and think what a close call. We lived near the area of the Oakland County child killer, though in a much poorer neighbor than he targeted, and I've spent the last few nights reading about the case and thinking about that blue truck. A guy followed me home from the train station once. I think he still knows where I live. I got out of work and was waiting at the train station. I had my headphones in and was staring at the TV with the arrival slash departure times. This guy suddenly appeared out of nowhere, got really close to my face, and asked me if I had a boyfriend. I said nothing and walked away quickly. 
He looked slash smelled homeless and had these big, crazy eyes that were darting around the room as he spoke. He also had an erection, and had gotten so close that he'd spit on my cheek. There are weird people at train stations. Whatever. I'll never see him again anyway. Move on. After I get off the train, I take two buses and walk a few blocks to get home. I was focused on the podcast that I was listening to and wasn't paying attention to my surroundings. All of the buses were also very crowded. When I reached my stop and started to walk home, I noticed that the creepy guy got off the bus behind me. There was nobody else around, so ran home. When I got to my door and started to unlock it, he was standing at the end of my driveway. I was crying and fumbling with my keys. Then some of my neighbors pulled up in a truck, and I screamed hello. Sir. Help. Then the creepy guy turned and walked away into the woods. I called the police, but they didn't show up for a while. They had me write a statement, but seemed uninterested. My husband left work early and came home. We saw the creepy guy lingering around the neighborhood and walking past our house a few times in the following days, but he eventually stopped. Haven't seen him since. Myself and six friends, aged 18 to 28, mixed European group, were on a five-day river canoe trip up a tributary of the Orinoco around Merida in Venezuela in 1998. Our guides were an older, 60s, rough-looking German guy and a slightly younger but shifty-looking Orinoco Basin Indian. One of our group knew fluent German, but for some unexplained reason, didn't share with the guide that she could speak it. Later told us she didn't want the creepy dude making comments to her that no one else could understand. We were three days in, roughing it in hammocks on the side of the river, not having seen a village for at least eight hours. The guides kinda kept themselves to themselves after dinner, which was fine, but this evening they were a bit further away and we could tell they were having a pretty heated discussion in a mix of German and local dialect. Suddenly, the German girl in the group turns white and looks terrified and it takes us a few minutes to calm here down. She explained she heard the German guy talk about making sure the others will be at the place and they will have the guns and that the crocodiles will get rid of the guys and the girls will go with them to some village, the day after next. We kinda freaked out, but decide that being alone with these two dudes days from anywhere in the middle of the fucking rainforest, we were pretty much trapped. We decided on a plan, which, fortunately, went our way. Early the next day, we decided that the next time we saw another canoe expedition pass us, we would essentially shout and scream at them that we were being kidnapped and needed help. Fortunately, a four canoe group came past and we enacted our plan. Our guides immediately just got the fuck out of there, didn't even protest about our crazy accusations or anything, other than to pull us on off 12 gauge from under a blanket and pointed at us to stop us chasing them, which kinda validated to us that they were planning to kill slash traffic us, and they didn't hang around to get caught. We got taken to the nearest village a few hours down a branching tributary, where we explained the situation to the local police and some soldiers that were on exercise or something. Turns out there was a suspected serial killer operating out of the Maracaibo area targeting tourists going into the forest, active since 1996. I was never able to corroborate any of the info we were told by the police using any western media source or internet searches. We still occasionally email each other about our close call but it's been 20 years and we've moved on with our lives. I've never told family or my wife, and I don't think anyone else ever told more than a handful of people. I was in Italy near the Alps when I was around 7, and I would walk down the hill to play with this kid that lived there, even though neither of us could understand each other. The kid had a dog that we would play with too. One day when I walked down there, the whole yard was covered in bugs. They might have been locusts or some equivalent, but they were everywhere. I was about to turn and run but I saw a mass in the middle of the yard. I then realized it was the dog, just laying, 
covered in bugs. I thought it might be dead but I ran to it and pulled on his collar. He just looked up at me then put his head back down. I kept pulling and I was yelling for the neighbor kid. No one responded. I then convinced the dog to get up and at this point bugs were also covering me and I was terrified. I pulled the dog into this shed and I hid in there with him and cried. I think I was in there for like 10 minutes and there was a knock. It was the neighbor looking at me through the window. He opened the door and started yelling at me but I couldn't understand him. I looked behind him and the yard that was previously covered in a plague of bugs was now empty. I tried explaining what happened but it was all lost in translation. I didn't go back over there again. One day my friend and I go to Disney World. I'd renewed my ticket online but had to take the paper up to the booth for a new pass. We're going to the Magic Kingdom so we stop by the ticket and transportation center because there isn't a line. Fast forward to later in the day and I start getting texts. Hey, Lay May Love. How you doing? Weird, because it's from a number I don't recognize and they call me by name. I don't really hand around my number a lot so it's odd and I say hi person whose name isn't in my phone so he says his name was Steven and asks what I'm doing with that ugly guy. Okay, so there are people who would know who I'm with but it is very unlikely it would be anyone who would text me this. Also, I surprisingly know very few Stevens. The texts go back and forth for a bit with him saying not to worry, that I know him. He sends me a WDW badge that has Steven on it, not sure if he was trying to play the odds on me knowing a Steven who works at WDW or what. And then says have a good day at the Magic Kingdom. This adds to the creep factor because we decided to go to MK as we were driving there. Neither of us remembers really telling anyone which park we ended up at. I say that I have no clue who he is. Because obviously you should say something more by this point if I'm not catching that you're that Steven I actually know, and he sends back that I don't seem to care to find out and have a good day. So, I stop responding because this seems like a good place to end it. He sends me a maps of a screenshot from wherever he is to my home address with not a bad drive. So my friend and I start walking to guest services because this is obviously no joke and he's reasonably identified himself as an employee of theirs at this point. It is also worth mentioning that almost no one I knew at the time had my home address because I lived at home and didn't like having people over and bothering my family. The last message he sent me was lol well don't get too creeped out I don't want to mess with you that much I promise you that I am somebody you already know. He was the guy who printed my pass. In a transaction that took all of 2 minutes max, he decided that he should take my cell and home address off of my account. Disney fired him that day is my understanding, although they didn't really want to say too much. I think they started moving into liability control and even a cop came in and told me there wasn't a crime, but I chose to file a report anyway. Because motherfucker had my home address. I end up getting a detective call later, who tells me that I can press charges and I do. I kind of asked his opinion and without interjecting in either or, he said that based on how the guy messaged me, he's probably done it a lot but I'm the first one to connect the dots and do anything. Get a letter from the state's attorney and send it back that I'm still willing to testify. I've heard nothing since. I'm guessing among all our crazy FL cases, mine didn't justify much manpower. Luckily, I was at least able to put a face to it because the idiot had his cell phone connected to his Facebook account. I still get the heebie-jeebies looking through the messages years later. I kept them because the detective instructed me to. Even knowing that the case probably isn't going anywhere at this point, I feel reassured that I have them if anything did happen since he still has that address. It is almost funny that my friend at one point suggested that was who was messaging me, but at the MK point in the conversation. It was one of those outlandish wouldn't it be crazy if comments that turned out to be true. In high school, I and a buddy made the dumbass decision to smoke weed in a graveyard around 8 to 9 at night, 
summertime so it was just now getting dark. I smoked to the point of being totally out of it. We were just chilling next to a tree when I see a man walking down the graveyard. I got a little nervous immediately but blew it off. I then see the man pull out a handgun and aim towards something, he didn't notice us at this point and I couldn't see who or what he was aiming at. I was so terrified I thought I was mildly hallucinating, I couldn't even move. My friend hit my side and said, dude this guy has a fucking gun out we gotta get the fuck out of here. We both slowly got up but like the stoned idiots we were, we hit a rock trying to get up and the man finally noticed us. He was a good 200 feet away from us, but the second he saw it he slowly moved towards us with the gun in his hand. We started running at this point, I looked behind my shoulder once and saw him start to run towards us as well. We booked it out of the graveyard and were finally back in my neighborhood. I was terrified for days after that. My girlfriend and I went to Walmart one night at about 11.30. We parked close with only one spot open to us on our left. As we were slowly making our ways down the grocery aisles I happened to notice a guy out of the corner of my eye with no buggy or cart. When I looked over he grabbed a box of something and stared intently at it, you know not the kind of absent-minded I am shopping kind of look. I make a side note of it, and we continue down a few more aisles. After seeing the man in our aisles and vicinity a few more time I tell my girlfriend to let's go aimlessly wander around other parts of the store for a bit, so I can gauge if my suspicions are correct. About 30 minutes later we end up at the self-checkout, guess who is sitting on the bench in front of the self-checkout with no bags? I think to myself, maybe coincidence maybe not. As we leave the Walmart, all of a sudden I get this feeling and tell my girlfriend to stop and I stop abruptly as well. When I turn around this guy has almost run into us he was following so closely and we had stopped so abruptly. He stared at me like a deer in headlights, and so did I because I couldn't really mentally process the implications of what he, presumably, intended to do. After a brief deer in headlights, he keeps walking like nothing happens then gets into a windowless white van that is now occupying the empty left parking spot next to my car. This was a few years ago, and I still think about it a lot and what could have happened. There were too many coincidences for that to merely be my anxiety interpreting the situation as something it wasn't. Found a body when I was 14. Me and my family were hiking Easter morning along the Grand River and me and my sister wanted to explore the riverbank so we each went our separate ways. I saw a backpack hanging from a small tree so I went over but when I got closer I saw a mannequin. The mannequin's hand was holding onto a branch and it was laying face down in the mud wearing jeans and a hoodie with the hood up, there was a gun on the ground, I thought it was fake, and an empty pack of Scooby-Doo fruit gummies. I decided to kick the thing but when my foot connected with its thigh I instantly knew it was a person bolted out of there and I told my dad. I thought I kicked some sleeping homeless dude and I was super paranoid sprinting back towards my parents. My father went to investigate and said it was a body so we called 911. Later found out the guy had killed himself, bullet to the roof of the mouth, but he slightly misfired and probably lived for around 30 seconds after the shot. The police were very surprised we didn't hear a gunshot because it was that recent. The reason why I thought it was a mannequin was because his hand was elevated, this caused all of the blood drain out and pool in his body which made his hand look snow white like a mannequin's hand would. Never saw any blood and never got to find out what was in the bag. Thank god I didn't see his face, 